I'm an undrafted person. Competition has never been a thing for me. It'll be a great, great time to compete against him and, and actually learn from him. I pride myself on being one of the better defensive tackles in this league. I saw a lot of plays that I felt like I could have made and helped personally. I've never been without football this long, so um, I cannot wait. You can't tell by my face to get on the field. What is going on, Vikings fans? Welcome to episode number 88 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Today is Thursday, April 15th, and it is Michael Pierce week at the TCO Performance Center. All Pierce, all the time is the name of this episode. And with that, I bring in Jay Nelson along with Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson, who had the opportunity to talk with Michael Pierce this week. We have an interview coming up with Michael Pierce. We have press conference sound and everything to know about the Vikings' new nose tackle in the middle of the defense. It's pretty interesting, guys, because when you sign a guy what's well, exactly probably about a year ago, and then he gets the treatment like every other free agent this week, Gabe, I mean, it. it he was excited. He hadn't been to the facility yet. He's literally saying hi to just about everybody he he comes across, including uh, giving a shout-out to Mary Redmond, who's head coach Mike Zimmer's assistant, um, saying how nice of a lady she is. He's just a great guy. Like, that's my top takeaway. He's a great guy, a fun-loving guy, and and you'll hear it in our interview with him later on. Yeah, you could just feel this energy um, just in the building. Just seeing him yesterday, you can tell he was, like, soaking everything in. He was talking about the architecture of the building. He was like, hey, this is where the, this is what the skull ships were made of, the Norseman ships were made out of, right? I'm like, dude, like, how, how often are you in Minnesota? And you, you could just tell, like, he embraced it. And, you know, his, his coach, Andre Patterson, wanted him to get that free agent feel that free agent experience so for him to get flown in you know stay at the omni and then get the full tour you got a tour of the museum and then uh meet the coaches and whatnot you, you can tell he he was impressed i think he was most impressed by the facility he said i mean of course we know that the owner of under armor uh built the baltimore ravens facility their practice facility in which we all know michael pierce played for the ravens for four years but now coming here he was like dude like that facility has nothing on this like the purple, the community, everything that the Vikings stand for, that's what he's all about. And so I'm excited to see what he what he's going to do once he you know puts on those cleats and put on that purple helmet and, and battle with the boys this year. We got to talk to him on Tuesday. That will be the interview you will hear later on in the show. On Wednesday, he literally had a 30-minute press conference. I think that shows just how good of a guy he really is. Um, excited to talk to even the media for that amount of time. Uh, The biggest couple biggest takeaways I have from him is he literally heard the press conference from now assistant head coach Andre Patterson and and heard the two things that Andre Patterson said a year ago today. He said he's not with us this season, but he's going to need to hire a trainer and a nutritionist. And that's exactly what he has done for this entire time, being away from the Vikings. He also got a new dog, um, just like Gabe, who also got a new dog pretty recently. Um, so he's kept himself busy. He says he's in shape. He's at a, a lean 
335 pounds, Jay. I, I don't think I've ever heard those two uh, those two things said together. I think the fact that they were said together is actually really scary. <laughs> that, that means you have an absolute beast on your hands here. So if that's the case and as happy as he was and as, as uh, to me, it was motivational just listening to him as motivated as he is and, and sounds like he's been doing everything right. Um, if, if the coaches and everybody, including the training staff were happy with the way that he looked and he is that lean, mean three thirty-five, uh, that would be incredible. So it's great to see that, um, he's been doing the right things in the off season. And, and I'm sure that there's going to be a lot more asked of him here coming up real shortly in the off season program. Fun loving guy, really interesting on and off the field. You, you'll hear about his weightlifting and deadlifting, um, interests that he takes, takes up in the off season and things of that nature. You'll hear that all um, in the interview with Gabe and myself later on in the show, as well as some clips from his introductory press conference, uh, which was definitely interesting to see his personality. And, and yeah, he's, he's, he's just a, it's like a light inside of him, the way he addresses people and, and just the, the overall vibe that he was able to bring to the twin cities this week. I mean, just awesome. But, um, with that being said, we're going to get through a few housekeeping items at the beginning of the show. Um, the Vikings announced the full coaching staff, on Wednesday, so we're going to go through what happened there, a few promotions, as well as a few uh, new assistants added to um, to complete the staff on special teams and in the weight room, so um, we'll get to that. And then NFL.com's Chad Reuter, he listed the top two potential picks for each team in the NFL coming up on what's just under two weeks away from the 2021 NFL draft, so really interesting article there. On NFL.com, we will, of course, cover what he has the Vikings doing as well as what is going on in the NFC North. So first, we're going to get right into it with the Vikings coaching staff. I think the biggest news here, Gabe, is Vikings co-defensive coordinator, the man who's been with Coach Zimmer all the way back to his Weber State days, Andre Patterson, has been named assistant head coach, uh, which is obviously a promotion from the co-defensive coordinator title. Yeah, and it's, it's well-deserving. I mean, we we know his resume. He's been here with the Vikings for 10 years. This is a guy that, that knows what he's doing. He, he knows how to build a defense. And, I mean, he's been with Zimmer for so long. Like, Zimmer trusts this guy. And we know Zimmer is a big guy on trust. So having assistant head coach now, Andre Patterson, in his back pocket, I think that only helps this, this entire defense. And now revamping the defensive line, I think Mike Zimmer can expect more from Andre Patterson and his guys. So I think it's a hand-in-hand hand, hand, in hand ordeal, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to this entire defense. And it, like I said before, this promotion is is well-deserving, and congrats to, to assistant head coach and co-defensive coordinator Andre Patterson. I mean, he's been around the team forever. Every player that comes around Andre Patterson just – absolutely falls in love with him. Everson Griffin said, he's, he, well, he used to be the best position coach in the NFL. He's talking all positions, not just the defensive line. Obviously, he'll still be leading that defensive line, but a lot more, um, I guess, I don't even know what to call it, accolades mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the building. I, I think he already has all the accolades from all the players either way, so it doesn't really matter, but um, he's getting the recognition with the title. Uh, he gets the respect around the league, which – 
I mean, he's becoming a household name around this league. It's It's been really crazy. When you hear Michael Pierce, like I said, we're going to get to it later, but Michael Pierce literally said he signed with the Vikings because of Andre Patterson. So um, he has the accolades in the building. He has them around the league, and now he has it in his title, um, Jay. But let's, let's go down the list here. We have a few other additions that were made to the staff. I'm going to start with Mark- Marquise Johnson, who's the assistant strength and conditioning coach. He's been added to the staff for the 2021 season. I do know that there was a fun connection. Um, He coached at Jackson State last year, and I believe it was primetime, Jay, that hooked up Mike Zimmer with with this addition to the coaching staff. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I know that um, it seems like he's been kind of bouncing around from a couple different schools, and he was also with the San Francisco 49ers from 2017 to 19, and then he was at University of Houston in 2019 as well, which was in his hometown of Houston, Texas. So it doesn't surprise me one bit if he was a, a guy that, that Zimmer heard from prime time that, you know, this is a guy you should definitely take a look at. I think it will be great to have him in the building and, and add him to that uh, updated and, and new strengths coach uh, and their staff. So it, it'll be, it's always interesting whenever the, there is changeover in that department, just to see the philosophical changes when it comes to, you know, the types of movements, the type of stretching, the types of lifting, even working with the nutrition and, and the fuel bar people um, that whole thing gets revamped. And so there's always reasons why they do it. If there's feelings, you know, the coaches are feeling like there's certain injuries that are happening too much. I'm sure there are, are um, Marquise is coming in here with the rest of the the updated group um, in order to try to help revamp that. So yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see what the philosophical change is um, just within the building and, and to see how the guys take to it. Yeah. And Derek Keys will also still be there um, as the Vikings assistant uh, strength and conditioning coach. I know he has all the relationships in the building with the players. And Josh Hingst, uh, we've covered that. He is now the head of the strength and conditioning staff. And and obviously he takes the position from Mark Uyama, who is the head of that room for the past couple years. So there will be some changes. One guy stays. Um, and obviously you have somebody recommended from the great Deion Sanders that, that Mike Zimmer wanted to bring into the building. So um, going over to the special teams unit, we touched on the fact that uh, that Ryan Ficken will be the head special teams coordinator after his 11-plus years with the team as an assistant. So the Vikings then had to add an assistant to the room. It's Robert Steeples, um, who was actually a former Vikings cornerback in 2013, and he comes and fills in for Ryan Ficken, um, it, coming from a, a crazy role, he was a head coach at Desmet Jesuit High School um, in St. Louis, Missouri, for the past five seasons. So, uh, really interesting, Gabe, to to get a guy from high school who was a head coach and, and bring him in, bring him in right to the NFL. The underlying factor here is that he played for the Vikings, so he, he has NFL experience, maybe not coaching experience, but playing experience. And then you know, I know it's like you said, it's a big jump from high school to the to the NFL. But I, I think one thing that that can kind of translate is as a head coach in high school, you're pretty much coaching numerous position groups. I mean, you're overseeing everything. And then as a special teams coach, you're pretty much coaching defensive and offensive guys. So I think it'll fare well. I'm glad he got the opportunity. 
Um, I think the big thing right here, I mean, Ryan Ficken's your guy, uh, of course. So, so Ryan Ficken, this is a well-deserved opportunity for him, and now he gets to bring in a guy that he knows pretty well. I think this is a, a match made in, made in heaven. Ryan Ficken is my guy. I mean, just seeing him around the building, I, I love what he brings. I, I love him on the field. I love him off the field. Just a hardworking dude who's who's earned his keep. I always, uh, I always appreciate the guys who have been around uh, organizations for a really long time because we know how hard that is to do in the NFL. So 10 plus years at any coaching gig in the NFL and, and the guy has earned his keep. So um, look for the special teams unit to definitely improve from where it was last season. Uh, I think that's about it for the new coaching hires and obviously the promotions that were made. Um, the Vikings haven't officially announced that the coaching staff is actually finalized, so uh, stay tuned for that. There might be a few hires here and there um, to round it out, so we'll wait and see. But obviously big news for Andre Patterson and big news for two position groups that, that we're obviously going to need some some improvement and obviously the injuries that happened last year, I think the strength and conditioning room is definitely an important one as well. Uh, on to the next topic. Chad Ruder from NFL.com. He broke down 32 teams and what they're going to do with their first two picks. So obviously, Jay, we go and we look at what he has the Vikings doing with their first round pick and then third round pick. So I'll let you take it away. Sure. Yeah. So with his uh, first pick, with our current number 14 pick, he's got a player that we actually talked about last week and uh, has been popping up on more and more mock drafts in Christian Derrissaw, the O tackle out of Virginia Tech. Um, he's six foot five, 322, 34 and a quarter inch arms and nine and a quarter inch hands. He is a big, big, big boy who drives defenders off the ball. Uh, he's great laterally. He's got great hip position and blocking angles and a powerful punch with heavy hands. And that is what we've been looking for, for an offensive lineman, especially an offensive tackle for a while. One of the things that they cite is that he doesn't look, you know, just like overly monstrous, just that he's this huge, huge offensive line. But what he does have is he does have the length in order to make sure that he can keep defenders off of him when he's trying to press them out as an offensive lineman. And um, he is a guy who his pedigree and what he's put on tape has been opening a lot of eyes. And it, it just, you keep seeing his name and and a couple others that are popping up. And so when I saw this as part of the, the listing, it, it made total sense to me. Um, and it just doesn't surprise me very much if, if this is something that's going to happen. So if we do go with an offensive tackle on the front end, um, you can go back last week and listen to our podcast, but he is one of the guys we talked about and it wouldn't surprise me if this actually happened. Six, five, 322 pounds. I wouldn't mind adding him to our offensive line, um, with that first round pick. I know we, we brought up a few other names. Um, that that will definitely will we'll cover later on in the show and, and definitely later on in a few other episodes. But um, Christian Darisol is one that we are definitely excited about if he ends up a Minnesota Viking. The third round pick, Gabe, I'm going to let you run with this one because it's an interesting topic. We talked about it last week on the Vikings Vantage um, and a bunch of our shows. The Vikings go quarterback at this at this uh, spot in the draft. Well, personally, I think you know a quarterback makes sense in this draft. Whether you address that in the third round or the fourth round, uh, I think that the Vikings will probably try to to do that with you know simply Sean Mayan not being the backup anymore. He's not on the Vikings roster anymore, so you, you probably got to fill try to fill that backup spot if Jake Browning or Nate Stanley 
doesn't, you know, move into that role. And a guy that, you know, Chad Reuters has the Vikings getting the third round with, with the 78th overall pick is Kyle Trask from the University of Florida. I mean, you talk about a big guy in Christian Derisaw. Imagine Kyle Trask, 6'5", 240 pounds. Like, he's a baller. You look at his size and say, like, okay, yeah, he, you know, he can – he can take a couple of hits, but at the end of the day, if you if you watch the film on Kyle Trask, he fits the ball into tight windows. Like he gives his receivers chances. And granted, he he threw to Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony last year, right? So yeah, I'm giving those guys a chance pretty much every play, also. But give him a year or two to develop. Kirk Cousins, he's under contract for two more years. There's no quarterback battle this year. There's probably no quarterback battle next year. But having a guy like Kyle Trask who played under Dan Mullen at the University of Florida. And we know Dan Mullen's track record. He coached Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. We saw how Dak Prescott's career ascended in the NFL. I'm not going to say uh, Kyle Trask is going to have, have a similar career, but he's been coached by by some really good guys. And I know a lot of draft experts have him, you know, projected, you know, to the maybe late second, early third, maybe around that time slot where the Vikings can select him. So, be 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 open minded, Vikings fans, for a quarterback to be selected maybe day two, early day three. But I think Kyle Trask is a guy that I think fits this Vikings offense, and I think he has the stats to to prove it. Being a twenty twenty Heisman finalist, I think that says enough right there. Yeah, he threw for over four thousand uh, two hundred passing yards, which was second in the nation. Forty three touchdowns, which was first in the nation. Like you said, it doesn't hurt when you're throwing a Kyle Pitts, <laughs> the best tight end in the nation, who can pretty much be called a wide receiver as well. I think he had about half those touchdowns, yep. uh, to say the least. But um, Lance Zerline compares Kyle Trask to Brad Johnson. Jay threw that in the outline here. That is definitely one uh, a name that would stand out to Vikings fans and and definitely one that, I mean, that that is quite the – go ahead, Jay. That's quite the comparison. Yeah, and the reason why is because they're basically saying he's kind of a bigger body quarterback, like you said, Gabe, who can fit into tight windows, but he likes to sit in the pocket and he's not necessarily a guy that likes to do a lot of the scrambling and a lot more of the kind of athleticism type quarterbacks that we're seeing in this league. He's a guy that likes to stand in there and and sling it. So if that's the case, then that Derisaw pick would be even better because he's going to need somebody like that to be able to, to help cover his blind side if he's going to be on that left tackle side and uh, just to make sure that he's got the bodies to, to do what he needs to do. So uh, Kyle Trask to me really is intriguing given that he's a big bodied, uh, strong arm quarterback. And like you said, Jay, he he does sit in the pocket and he does throw it. But one thing I did like about Kyle Trask, you know, when things get cloudy in that pocket, he's not he's not afraid to pull the ball down and run. Like he's not he's not the fastest guy. You, you don't expect him to be a burner like a Justin Fields, but he will pull the ball down and take a hit. I mean, he has a big frame, so he can he can ball. Put it that way. So to your point, he can ball. Very interesting two picks for the Vikings. I honestly wouldn't hate it if the Vikings came out of the third round with those two players. Um, looking at, at what is it, eight more draft picks after that. So um, definitely going to be interesting to see what the Vikings decide to do. There's no second-round pick right now, so there could be a trade that happens, whether it's trading back or trading up um, with some later-round picks. So uh, definitely interested to see what happens there. Uh, going forward, let's look at what goes on in the NFC North, according to our good friend at NFL.com. Um, the Detroit Lions, he's got them going – at the number seven overall pick with Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State, 
I, I know that guy flies around the field and has pretty much a Pro Bowl caliber um, resume so far as a, as a big-time Big Ten athlete. Um, they're expecting him to be quite the player uh, in the NFL. And then with the second-round pick at number 41, showing how old I, I now am, it's Asante Samuel Jr. at a Florida State game. I remember Asante Samuel Sr., so I, I'm finally starting to age after uh, six seasons with the Vikings here. Yeah. Welcome to the club, buddy. Welcome to the club. Asante <laughs> Samuel Jr., Jay? Yeah, it's crazy how time flies, right? And, I mean, we all know what Asante Samuel Sr. did in his NFL career, but Asante Samuel Jr., I grew up a Florida State fan, so it, it was, it's been fun watching him play um, at Florida State. Uh, granted, Florida State hasn't been the – the most highly touted team or the, the, the most popular team in recent years, but he held its own against, against some, some really big receivers this past year. And I, I wish he was on our team, but I know we have some really good corners already. So if, you know, the lions pick up a guy like Asante Sanger jr. Alongside Jeff Okuda, I, I think that serves them well uh, in that secondary. I'm going to skip the bears because they're super interesting. I'm going to go straight to the Packers first. Uh, they have him going at the number 29 overall pick, cornerback out of Virginia Virginia Tech, which I guess they're trading up for him at this spot. It's Caleb Parsons, um, definitely one of the top cornerbacks in the draft. That would be at the number 29 overall pick. And then the round two pick is a player that's also been linked to the Vikings, Brady Christensen, the offensive tackle from BYU. We know what BYU did this past year with Zach Wilson and – the high-powered offense that they had, Jay. I think Brady Christensen was a big part of what happened over there. Yeah, and and you know they've got the top-tier quarterback right now that might go top five as well. And uh, Brady Christensen's part of the reason why that would happen. Um, if you look at the Caleb Parsons one, where it said for trading up for him, that basically in the article what they were saying was he is a a top-tier cornerback that's in this draft that 29 position, he probably wouldn't still be there for him. So if the Packers want him, they're going to have to move up, which we all know the Packers haven't necessarily done a lot of trading up for, for top tier talent, especially in the first round, um, let alone free agency this year where they really haven't done a ton except for sign their own guys. So maybe this part of the speculation was saying because they haven't done a lot. And if they do need some top tier talent to re replace some of these players that they've been losing, um, Caleb Parsons would be a guy that they would potentially you know, break open the piggy bank a little bit more and try to move up and grab him. So if that's the case, you know, if there's going to be a lot of movement happening potentially here in, in the upcoming draft, they're saying keep an eye on Caleb Parsons here and the Packers might try to jump up and grab him. After the NFC Championship film that Kevin King put together for the Packers, I, I think they're, they'll be happy with the Caleb Parsons signing in the first hey, round. Hey, I, I, I understand that, but as long as they don't go wide receiver in the first two rounds again, I'm happy too, Gabe. So – <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely happy with that, Jay. One of the things that they actually had posted in there too, and I've seen another other uh, mock drafts currently, is that one of the the things if they don't get the Brady Christensen in there, there was a talk of them potentially going after Rashad Bateman from the Gophers. Wow. So if that if that happened, it would be a, another Minnesota boy going to play for the Packers after uh, they grabbed the linebacker uh, off the Gophers last year, and you know the Burnsville boy. So it, it's a one of those things that if if it happens this way. There is a chance that it could be a Rashad Bateman, which I know would, would put a little bit of extra stomach ass in a lot of people's stomachs here locally. I figured you say they trade up for uh, Trey Lance or something, but okay. Speaking of Trey, <laughs> Trey Lance, that's who um, NFL.com has 
the Chicago Bears taking with the number 20 overall pick. It's Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. That is very interesting. I mean, obviously they just named Andy Dalton their starter for the upcoming season. Doesn't mean you don't go with a quarterback um, with your round one pick. And I know that he's been linked to the Vikings here and there. So it would be interesting, Gabe, to see him um, in the division going forward. Yeah, it, it would be very interesting. Like, I, still to me, I, I haven't seen enough of Trey Lance to to really come up with an opinion. Like, I didn't think his pro day was all that great. Um, but granted, he he's a Walter Payton Award winner, which is equivalent to uh, uh, the um, Heisman Trophy for FBS. And a guy named Carson Wentz went there and won a national championship also. And we know Trey Lance is a national champion. He he knows how to win. It's just now, like, can that – will that – trans? can that translate? Will that translate? He didn't throw one interception in college um, in 2019 when he, you know, pretty much had a phenomenal year. So we know he can play. Now it's just can that translate? Will it translate? And I think it's, it's all up in the air right now with Trey Lance. Like I said, we just don't know enough. You definitely don't know with players like that. I mean, obviously he comes from the same school as Carson Wentz, who had all the hype – coming into the draft and and obviously has not lived up to the bill um, later on in his career compared to how he started off with the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see what happens with Trey Lance. At the uh, second round pick, they have at number 52 overall, it's Richie Grant, a safety out of UCF. So um, definitely interesting, a a cool article. You should go check that out on NFL.com. Chad Reuter from NFL.com broke down all 32 teams in the league I mean I love going through these articles our, our good friend from last week Pete Bursich uh, absolutely hates these articles uh, because he thinks that there's no substance to the decisions at all but um, always fun to, to see what people have your favorite team doing and the teams that you hate the most um, which is what we just covered so um, on to the positive news of the week it's Michael Pierce he joins the Minnesota Vikings as we mentioned Earlier in the show, signed last year, uh, decided to take the year off due to COVID reasons and some of the respiratory issues that he's had in his life. But boy, oh boy, I don't think anyone could be more excited than Michael Pierce was entering the TCO Performance Center. So let's take a listen. Oh, hey, Michael. Yeah, great to uh, see you. Thanks for doing this. What was it like last year when you were kind of far away and you saw the Vikings defense struggle and, you know, you obviously couldn't help them? And then uh, moving forward, how do you feel about how they've uh, retooled the defense? Yeah, um, it was rough. Like I said, so um, I I said this in an earlier interview. It gave me like a perspective to be like just a fan of the game. Been playing this game since I was four, haven't took a year off until this year. So um, it was different. Obviously, you know, I pride myself on being one of the better defensive tackles in this league. I saw a lot of plays that I felt like I could have made and helped personally. But, um, you know, it's a long season. I would say my feelings started to, you know, get better as the season went on. Thanksgiving was rough, if I'm not mistaken, the Saints game. But, um Outside of that, man, I think it gave a lot of those guys a lot of, you know, there's growing pains for sure, but, you know, reps in this league are invaluable. 
And, you know, as younger players, even when I was in my second year in the league, those reps are invaluable and it made a difference my third year, my fourth year, and, you know, going on forward. So it builds confidence just being on the field for those young guys. But um, as far as me and the free agency moves we've made, it's been amazing. So um, we'll get a lot of guys back healthy this year, obviously with Daniil and Anthony Barr and all those guys. So um, Dalvin Thompson will be next to me. That's a big, big, big time get for me um, and for our defensive front. So. Um, I'm super excited. We'll have Steven Weatherly back. I've known him for a while as well. Great pass rusher. So um, I'm, I'm super excited. Like I said, I've never been without football this long. So um, I cannot wait, if you can't tell by my face, to get on the field. So yeah. Hi, Michael. When they made the move in free agency to bring in Dalvin Tomlinson, mm -hmm. who was primarily a nose tackle in New York, were you like, oh my God, they just got my replacement? Like, were you like, pressed about it at all? Did you get that communicated to you? I know you say he's going to be next to you. And, you know, we haven't really had a chance to, like, talk to coaches about where they see him playing, but it makes sense at three technique. Did you mm -hmm. get that confirmed to you? Like, I am the nose tackle. He is a three technique. Well, so one thing about Coach Dre and Coach Amar J. Albert, they've done a great job with, like, communicating with me throughout the season. So even coming up to free agency, I knew what they were thinking. I knew who they had on their board. Obviously, that one was a top priority for us. So, um, no, nah, I, I knew what was going on the whole time. But like I said, I'm an undrafted person. So um, I've, competition has never been a thing for me. But like I said, um, I played next to Brandon Williams, another nose guard. So um, as far as that goes, I think it'll be great. We had one of the top run defenses in Baltimore. And um, yeah, like I said, I've, I've always kind of known what we had going on, what we had, were looking forward to doing in free agency. And uh, yeah, they've done a great job of just keeping me a part of the loop. But um, no, it'll be a great, great time to compete against him and, and actually learn from him. So um, like I said, until you're done and retired, I don't think you can quit learning. And he's done a great job being a nose guard and getting sacks, something I haven't been the best at. So um, I'm gonna learn from him just like he, and I'm sure he can take some things from me. So it'll be a beneficial relationship for both, both of us. I mean, you could just hear the the joy in his voice to talk about being away from the team for so long and pretty much being a fan of the game and of the team. He said he would sit down uh, with his dual screen setup um, with his brand new puppy that that he purchased during uh, the pandemic and and maybe have a glass of wine and and watch his Vikings play. I thought that was awesome, Gabe. Like he came at it from a just. He's just a real guy. Like he, he's, he tells you how it is. You ask him about competition, and he says, "You know what? I'm an undrafted free agent who's now a starting nose tackle in this league. That doesn't, it doesn't bother him. I mean, he's being completely honest." Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I love free, the free agency period because you're bringing in guys, right? Especially if you get a big time free agent, you're bringing in guys who have a perspective. And for Michael Pierce undrafted free agent went to Sanford which is you know not a big school worked his way onto the roster now he gets the opportunity now he gets the opportunity in Baltimore to show himself proves himself and now he comes here and it's like okay this guy had to sit out a year with that perspective of coming to a new team now he understands who he is outside of the game of football and he brings that joy and excitement to the game to these young guys and he talk about those young guys hey you know those guys got a year under their belt. And we know the biggest jump in the player's career is from year one to year two. So team, teaming those year two guys like uh, DJ Wanham with a guy like Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, that perspective and that energy is only going to uh, vibrate throughout the team. And, 
I think the big thing that he kept saying is, look, my job is to stop the run. My job is to make sure those all-pro linebackers back there can run around and do their job to the best of their ability. And I know this is an audio podcast, and I know we're listening to it, but you could literally see his smile through this podcast. And I know that's going to penetrate throughout this entire Vikings organization, man. I'm excited. Like I said on Tuesday, I was ready to run through a wall uh, just listening to him. So I'm, I'm excited. I, I agree. I mean, you you said it perfectly, Gabe. Like, literally, you can see his smile just listening to that clip. Uh, that's kind of how he was the entire time that he was at the facility. But uh, he talked about his relationship with Andre Patterson and Amarje uh, Albury, who's who's the assistant defensive line coach, who he goes back years with um, knowing him growing up. So, obviously, there's relationships there. Uh, how do we feel kind of about his relationships with the defensive line and, and the unit. Obviously, he hasn't met um, all the players there, Jay, but he is familiar with a few, as you heard in that clip. So um, how do we feel about him kind of just coming in, uh, knowing he's next to Dalvin Tomlinson and, and his mentality coming into the situation? I think part of it, too, was you could hear the appreciation, right? And so it, being appreciative and, and looking at it, what it was, part of that is a trust factor, and even though he was gone for the entire season, it sounds like he was still having a running dialogue with Andre Patterson and, and the, the team to understand what's going on. Like Courtney asked him, was it out of the blue when they brought in Dalvin Tomlinson? Did it give you any, any pause for a second? You could tell he's just like, nope, I understood what was happening. They, they told me they were above board with that. And I think that's crucial. I think we kind of look at it as out of sight, out of mind, and we didn't really hear anything from him and we weren't able to talk to him. But for someone like him, he was still plugged in. He was still watching all the games. He was still thinking critically about, you know, what could we have done differently? Um, It sounded like the Saints game was something that really stuck to him when he was talking about in the press conference, just how upset he was about that. And one of the things he was also asked was, was talking about, you know, did you regret your decision? And he just said, you know, at the time I didn't, but as the games were going on and as things were happening, you could tell it was really eating at him a little bit. So I, I, what it means to me is he was already invested, even though he wasn't here for that year. And that I think is really encouraging to hear him say, I have a renewed appreciation for what this is. I appreciate the relationship that I'm building here with Andre Patterson and with everybody else talking about how great he is. And now the fact that he's an assistant coach, which is or head coach, which is great. Finally, for me, it feels like he's saying, I really, really have an, I, I want to be out there on practice. I've never felt that way before. <laughs> and more than anything, it just feels like he's going, I understand what I missed. I understand what I've been missing and I can't wait to get back out there. So I I'm excited to think of the fact that he could be even better than what we thought he was just because of renewed motivation. Yeah. yeah. And I think with that motivation is only going to make this entire defensive line group better because they already have a certain amount of respect for him just due to, to the film that he's put on display. But now you have a guy with that caliber coming in, basically saying like, I'm willing to do any and everything. Like I'm willing to put my ego aside to do what's best for the team. And then you team that up with a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson, who also said he knew who Michael Pierce was and he's ready to learn from him. So now you have two legit defensive linemen that have their own experience and they can bring leadership to this group and play with a a unique energy. I think that the one big thing that uh, Michael Pierce said to me that I think Dalvin Tomlinson said also is they want to be – just a, a split image of who uh, Johnny Randall was. Like they both have that that mindset of like what Johnny Randall did for uh, you know the 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 
interior defensive lineman, I guess Michael Pierce in this situation, uh, interior defensive lineman, that's not your tallest guy, not the biggest guy, but it's just going to go in there and work. I think, like I said before, that's just going to translate to this entire defensive line group, which is all in all going to help these young players make that next step in their career. Gabe, you talked about it. I mean, they're both excited to work with um, one another. They they, they go back uh, to down south, Georgia and Alabama. You'll hear that later on in the interview. But um, they've known each other for a long time uh, coming. Uh, Michael Pierce knows about Dalvin Tomlinson's career uh, with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Growing up a little bit of an Alabama fan, they have mutual connections. So I'm sure it's going to be a match made in heaven. And with Andre Patterson, I think he'll be able to make this thing work. But speaking of the combo of these two, what really stands out to me is how they're going to help the rushing defense, which clearly struggled last season. And you you heard Michael Pierce bring it up. He's like, Man, it was fun watching these guys as a fan, but when I was watching that against the New Orleans Saints, I believe Alvin Kamara had like 26 touchdowns on, on the ground. I wonder, uh, I wonder how many glasses of wine Michael Pierce had that game. It didn't sit well <laughs> with him. Like He's like, yeah, I remember that day. And that stood out to me because he's like, I, that shows the fire that he has that he wants to come back on the field and he wants to help um, what was clearly missing last year. And obviously – a lot of players were missing from this defense last year. So, um, yeah, we're going to look at the 2021 running backs, Jay. Why don't you run down the list of the players that will not be scoring multiple touchdowns in one game next season? I just I found it interesting kind of looking at our schedule of who we're going to play <laughs> and kind of the caliber. Like, we had such an issue last year going against some of the, the top-tier running backs. And this year, there's not a lot of a shift um, out of that, that whole – that whole mindset. So if you look at even within the division, you've got David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, and then the bears turned around inside Damian Williams. Like that's a, a great trio um, that Chicago is going to be sporting. Now the question for them is going to be what's going to happen at quarterback. We already know that Dalton's going to be there, but what does that translate to them? Are they going to try and pass more or is it going to be more of a, a rushing game still? So um, the, the Packers then re-signed Aaron Jones. They've got AJ Dillon as well. Detroit's running with DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and Kerryon Johnson. That's another potent trio. Um, and again, for them, who knows what's going to happen with all the turnover at head coaching in the front office for them. But then when you start really looking at the some of the AFC opponents, you've got Benny Snell Jr. at Pittsburgh. You've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at Cleveland. And then you've got J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards at Baltimore. And then finally, Cincinnati, you've got Joe Mixon and Samaji Piran. Like those four teams all have stout top tier running running games. And oh, by the way, since he's going to be getting their quarterback. So it, it's it, when you look at that chunk of just those seven games alone, that is going to be critical to stopping their offenses and controlling that line of scrimmage. Now, jump to the next side, which is the NFC side. You've got the Rams with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson Jr. You've got Seattle with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. You've got Dallas with Zeke and Tony Pollard. And then and then San Francisco's got Raheem oh Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr. And Arizona's playing with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. And finally, Carolina with Christian McCaffrey coming back off an injury. So there is a who's who within that chunk as well on the NFC side. And then finally finishing it off here is whatever's going to happen with that 17th game against the Chargers. You've got Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. So those two guys hopefully stay healthy for this entire season because in every single one of those games, they're going to get some absolute beast coming at them. And 
I, I, I know that we're about a month away from the, the schedule coming out, but really seeing how these games get kind of thrown at them piece by piece, whether it's every other with NFC and AFC or whatever, but just seeing what your weekly matchups are going to be at this running back position um, that you're going to go against is going to be critical in my eyes as to how the season completely goes. I think Andre Patterson looked at that schedule and said, let's get 600 pounds in the middle of this defense and let's let's combat that right away. So, um, yeah, no, it's interesting to see. And and you say you want them to play all year. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson started every single game for the past four seasons for the New York Giants. So I'm doing that with my fingers crossed as I see Gabe throw throw both of his fingers up and cross them. But uh, yeah, hopefully Michael Pierce can stay healthy. He started 14 games of of 14 played. Uh, for the Ravens two years ago. And I guess that brings me to my last question to Gabe. Like, if, if this guy kind of sat out last season, he was working with a trainer, eating healthy, uh, he's he's more slim than he was in years past. I think he was like 360, now he's down to 335. Do you think maybe he'll stay healthy all year and be able to, to be a, a – I don't know if it's a three-down guy or a four-down – I mean, he's not going to be a four-down guy. He's 330 pounds, but – um, do you think it's, he can? Pl- it's crazy. It's crazy. He can be a three down he, he guy. He can which be. Is, That's, I'm not is, giving. Which is weird to say, right? No limitations. But do you think he'll? There's a better chance he'll stay healthy with a year off. Yeah, and I and I say that because he said he did not know when I interviewed him. He said he didn't know his body before he took a year off, and that that says a lot. He didn't know what his body reacted to. So being able to learn his body, what triggers certain things, and putting that with a 28 year old. Uh, defensive lineman who says he feels like he's 25, uh, I think that that makes for a good recipe for success for this Vikings defense. So, I mean, we we all know, I mean, it's a week-by-week deal in the NFL. And all we ask him, all we ask him and Dalvin Tomlinson and the Vikings is just to be 1-0 each week. And we'll figure it out from there. But I, I like my chances with my fingers crossed that this guy can stay healthy due to his year off last year. I was only thinking about week one against the Chicago Bears, but Jay had to list all of the running backs that were playing, and now I can't stop thinking about <laughs> every game on the schedule. But, um, yeah, I think that'll do it for, for our coverage here. Obviously, we still have to get to this Michael Pierce interview, which I'm excited for you guys to hear. We saved it for the absolute end of the show. Um, I was super excited to meet him virtually as Gabe was able to be in the TCO studios alongside Michael Pierce. So um, we'll get to that in just a second, but I'm going to give Jay a chance for any final thoughts before we get out of here. This is this is the the narrowing, the pigeonholing of the entire offseason is about to hit here. As we say every week, we just keep you know ripping the numbers off. Our magic number right now is two, where two weeks from today uh, is going to be the day the draft takes place. And um, I'm super, super excited given how enthusiastic Mr. Pierce is. Um, but at the same point, I am excited to see how some of those other gaps and, and needs get filled here um, within the next two weeks. So there's a ton of content that's going to be coming out. Um, we actually have something kind of cool that we're working on to, to talk to some alumni about their draft day experiences um, that'll be coming out next week. And so just keep tuning in to Vikings.com and all of our platforms for everything that we got covered. Definitely a lot of content coming up. I'm really excited for the draft. I mean, it's it's crazy that it's almost here. Um, we will have a podcast every single night recapping every single pick that went on in the draft. It's when we all get to sit around at, at about midnight and uh, just chat it up. Hopefully we'll get some good guests this year. 
um, the Ben Liebers of the world of the Vikings Entertainment Network will definitely join us uh, this year. So um, that'll do it for for this coverage here. But I'm going to let Gabe take it away as we were able to get Michael Pierce in studio at the TCO Performance Center. So take a listen. All right, welcome back to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Gabe Henderson alongside Chris Corso, who is joining us virtually and the newest member, I guess the oldest newest member of the Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> Michael Pierce, who's yes, in the side the TCO studios with me. MP, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm blessed to be here. Um, just, just super excited to get started. You got to talk me through your journey. It's been right. 13 months. Vikings fans have been excited. I think people have talked more about what you and Dalvin Tomlinson are going to do for this Minnesota Vikings defense than any other position. So that's awesome. these past 13 months, wh- yeah. what has that been like for you to get back to this point? Um, like I said, it was challenging, but super, super rewarding. So um, obviously you got your workouts and stuff. But for me, it was just about personal growth and development and fulfilling some of the things that, you know, I've always thought I was interested in and, you know, making sure that I have a plan after football. Mike, it's great to uh, virtually meet you. I'm jealous of Gabe over there getting to sit next to you. But my biggest question to you is I saw you all season long on Twitter, social media, engaging with the fans, cheering on an Adam Thielen diving catch. What was that like for you to just be on social media, meet the fans, and, and have that point of view all season long? Uh, it, was, it was different. Like I, I said in another interview, uh, I never got to be like a fan, like a third-party fan of any football team or just anything outside of like growing up University of Alabama. So for me, I've always been in the trenches, entrenched in the sport. So uh, it was super, super uh, new. It was it was rewarding. But y'all have like a community of people <laughs> online, like so so many people, like <laughs> different questions, different stuff. But uh, just to rejoice when we're doing great, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, letting people know that you know I'm not only just at home. I'm still a fan of the Vikings. Want to be a great teammate when I get in. And uh, this is a way to me to, to stay engaged. So um, I loved it. Loved it. So we, we know, like I, like I was telling you before, you, you opted out of the 2020 season for mm-hmm. legit reasons. COVID-19 is a real thing. We've right. seen, you know, the effect and cause that has happened on many people. But you know, for you engaging with those fans, right, how tough was it knowing that, you, you know, you want to engage, but you can't play and you really right. can't help like you want to. Right. No, it's super tough. And uh, that's kind of why I did those interviews um, before the season, just to let people know I have like a history of, you know, asthma and upper respiratory uh, issues that I felt more at risk at the time. So Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, watching the the Saints game and those kind of things as a run stopper personally, I feel, you know, some sort of responsibility for that. So that was a tough game. But um, just not being out there when I feel like, oh, I could have made this play, I could have made that play, it's super, super tough. But um, like I said, for whatever reason, you know, things happen in the world and, you know, you're placed in whatever role you're in. But um, there was never going to be a point where I was not in tune, not Mm -hmm. cheering the guys on and, you know, not, you know, interacting with the fans and all that stuff. You get your hate mail and all that (laughs) good stuff. But, you know, that comes and goes with everything else. The, the one thing that was engaging for me to watch and probably every single Vikings fan to watch were, were these workout videos that you were putting together, whether it was deadlifting or you're jumping and throwing medicine balls and things of that nature. So what was that like to to just get involved in, in that kind of stuff? And you're not out on the field, but you're right. I mean, it seemed like you're doing some quality work out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, quality over quantity any day. <laughs> but the thing for me and like I said, 
I, I've had an Olympic lifting background growing up. I had a really good trainer um, since I was in eighth grade. Uh, power lifting for me, and that's where the Thor Bjornsson reference comes mm -hmm. in, is a passion of mine. Outside of football, I'll be doing that regardless. So, um, like, the, I got to participate in Squattober. For all the weightlifting fans out there, you know exactly what that is. You squat five days a week for the whole month of October. Terrible on your knees and your lower back. Learned that this October. But uh, that kind of stuff, you know, in football season, you can't do none of that crap. Right. It's not even feasible. You can't, you know, do anything you need to do. So um, something I always wanted to try, just because I had this year off, it, it was the perfect time to try that. Try, you know, CrossFit and all this different stuff. So um, it gave me a lot of time to explore the avenues that I was interested in, learn that, you know, I would probably never do Squattober again, but it was fun. Um, yeah, it gave me a lot of time to try different things, and um, I think it's going to make me, you know, a better player from just a holistic point. So. I, I think one thing you probably want to try again is wearing shorts and a T-shirt on a flight to no Minnesota. Way. No uh, way. So, what, you, you flew from Alabama? Yeah. So, I'm from the <laughs> Gulf Coast. It is 85 degrees right now. Um, you know, I did live in Baltimore <laughs> for four years. It never occurred to me that it was still cold in parts of the, uh, of the country. So, um, yeah, I hopped on a plane, Jordan shorts, Jordan T-shirt, and got a rude <laughs> awakening when I got to the airport. It so, snowed this morning, man. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, our equipment staff gave me a jacket because <laughs> all my winter stuff is in storage. So, um, yeah, like I said, in, in, in Mobile and everything, it can still be 70 in December. So you don't really need a coat like you would here. So uh, rude awakening, but this would be the last time I'm not prepared. I guarantee you that. I think it's one of those things you just got to embrace because, of course, I'm not talking about it all the time. Like, you know, I, I moved up here last April, well, last last summer. And, like, mm -hmm. I didn't know, like, it's like negative weather. Like, what does right. that even look like? Right. So for you, I think you just got to, like, mentally get your mind prepared to, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm going to freeze my butt off for the next two weeks. I'm, I'm going to the Mall of America. <laughs> and I'm going to buy a lot of jackets. So I'll be prepared. First thing no I did worries. was buy North Face when I moved to Minnesota. So that was that was the first thing that I it's had to do. Up here too. You bring up Alabama and the guy next to you this season went to the mm -hmm. University of Alabama. I know it's like three hours away from Mobile, Alabama, but did you grow up kind of rooting for the Crimson Tide? And obviously did that kind of go into watching Dalvin Tomlinson and what he did there. And now he gets to play alongside you. Were there any connections there? Um, so more interestingly than that, Dalvin played next to Ryan Anderson, who uh, played with me in high school. So I think they're in the same recruiting class, right. if I'm not mistaken. They actually are, him and wow. TJ Yeldon. So um, I did grow up a Thai fan and all that, but more, <laughs> more importantly, shout out to the boys from Daphne <laughs> High School. Uh, <laughs> I watched them because my best friend, one of my good friends were playing literally right next to him. So I uh, got familiar with him because he was playing next to Ryan and, you know, he had an amazing career at Bama and then uh, going on to the Giants. So, um, like I said, I've seen him progress because I've seen one of my good friends progress. So um, we talked about that on the phone and uh, he lives in Georgia um, outside of Atlanta. I live in Birmingham, so it's not too far. We'll, we'll make sure we link up and get some workouts in for sure before we get back for camp. Uh, speaking of Ryan Anderson, we were talking mm -hmm. about this off camera. I mean, I had the opportunity to work with him in Washington for two years. And one thing about Ryan Anderson is he brings energy. Hella energy. Wherever he goes. And I know you're a big guy on energy. Yeah. So what kind of energy are we getting here in Minnesota? I'm not as outward as him. Now, he <laughs> has all the country sayings you want to hear. All the – he is a unique individual. Very um, much so. Mine is more focused energy. Uh, 
process, progress, you know, practicality driven. Now, Ryan will give you an amazing time, a ton of sound bites, all that kind of stuff. But I got my own energy. It looks <laughs> a little different. But um, nah, nah. I, like I said, I won't be as hype as John Randall, but <laughs> I will be as far as close as I can be to that. I heard that energy is inspired by Rick Ross. Is that true? For sure. For <laughs> sure. I, I heard that's your guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could, I could quote any song you probably know, forwards and backwards. Lemon Pepper Freestyle? Dude. <laughs> Let's not. Yeah, they got profanity in there. That is but very nah, true. That, that, no, nah, that's, that's, a, that's a good vibe. One, one thing that uh, Coach Andre Patterson said, you know, this past year was like, we got to make sure, and I'm, this is, you know, figuratively, we got to make mm-hmm. sure that Michael Pierce isn't eating too many lemon pepper wings. For sure. For sure. So y- y- for you, the, co- the constant communication with him throughout mm-hmm. the season, what was that like? Um, well, he mentioned in an interview, so he said, make sure I had a good trainer, already did, and make sure I had a good nutritionist. So um, I had never, I had to cook, um, but I never hired a nutritionist. So I dialed that in under his direction, obviously. And uh, we just, I fell in love with the process. So, um, you know, it, my calories can range from 32 to 27 to 2,500, depending on the day, depending on the workout. And, you know, those higher calories will come during camp, obviously. But um, like I said, I, I now understand how my body reacts to different things. Mm. I now understand how to eat pro- for specifically for performance and, you know, what beet juice does to your stamina, all this kind of stuff that I'm, you know, they pay people to do. I had a year to not only, you know, fall under somebody's instruction, but understand why, how, and, you know, how to do it practically within the season. So, um, no, nah, I took his words to heart. And the last thing I ever wanted to do was come in out of shape and, you know, have everyone disappointed. And um, like I said, for me, an undrafted free agent to have someone invest in you and believe in your talents mm. is any is more than anything I could ever hope for. So um, for me, I took those words to heart. I'm in great shape. Um, the season's still a ways away, so we're going to keep working. But um, I'm ready to go, man. Last one from me. I know they call you the juggernaut. Do you mm-hmm. have a special sack dance or something planned for your first sack as a Minnesota Viking? Um, not yet. So unfortunately, like I said, you gotta get, I, I you gotta myself. start brainstorming, man. I have things in mind. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to dance. I got some stuff I got to work out. Just be yourself. But <laughs> it, it's gonna be unique. It's gonna be fun. I'm sure people are gonna laugh. It might end up on somebody's Instagram or something. <laughs> but uh, nah, I got some things I thought about. You know, just watching games. Like, oh, I'll do something crazy here. But it, it's gonna be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And one thing you said before is that you learned the process. This right. year helped you learn the process. Mm-hmm. You're about to go through another process this year with the Minnesota Vikings. And right. Vikings fans are excited about the process you're about to take them through. So what can they expect throughout this process? Um, just a dedicated, hardworking guy. Um, genuine. Whether we win or lose, you're going to get what's real from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but most importantly, a guy who's going to be happy to be out on that field and, you know, it's going to go through the, the wins and the losses with you. And we're going to enjoy every step of the way. But, you know, toast to more wins and the more losses. So, no, nah, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm going to enjoy every snap like I never had before. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. This interview was great. For Chris Corso, Michael Pierce, I'm Gabe Henderson. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast.